Welcome to The Solution. It's a real estate podcast, Jeff. Yes, where we're helping agent, where agents go to grow, Phil. That's right. Sponsored by Agent Truth. Agenttruth.com. We are in our sixth season on our podcast. We sometimes, we're the show, the better episodes, we have guests yeah. that are on the show. Right? <laughs> we're trying, yes, and, we're trying to spread the love a little bit. That's yeah. right. And today is a day where we have a special guest that is the show, Michael Banavec, straight out of PV. How you doing? Welcome to the podcast. I'm great. How are you guys doing? Good. So I gotta I gotta do a little backstory of 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 how we got here, right? Like you are actually just about to wrap up. Like you're in the Paradise Valley marketplace. You're a, a realtor. You're a builder. You've got a design company. I know that you currently are, are wrap. What you've got eighteen million dollars of projects from fourplexes to six million dollar luxury homes that you're currently building. Not counting the one no. we're going to talk about because that's a friend's house or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no. But so the mutual, our mutual friend whose house you're wrapping up right now. We started talking pre-show about some of the details of how it's getting done, and we and and Jeff, you were like. Like, hold on, pause. Let's start recording because yeah, this well, is a conversation. Well, I don't like to lose stuff in the green room, right? Because there's <laughs> oh, the first time you tell the story is most passionate. So let's just hook them up with Michael and talk. Let's talk about this house. All right. So, Michael, we, it's an 8,800 square foot house. It's in North Scottsdale, correct? Right, right. And so you were saying that 5,300 of the square feet is the house. And approximately. Then, <laughs> approximately. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And so not to share, like, I don't want to share any private details, of course, but you, then you started to talk about the U-shaped design. What were you saying? Well, actually, uh, our friend, our mutual friend had a great idea when he built a house and we brought him to our architect, Mark Tomachek. He's a, a commercial architect and he's done a lot of residential because of us because we used, used him exclusively the last probably eight, nine years and we started building houses. And uh, what was really great about this property is you can really do a lot of events, right? You can do a lot of showcasing and, and helping people and bringing agents together and creating that camaraderie at a great space. And part of the home is an indoor basketball court, indoor gym, outdoor gym, commercial grade sauna. And, uh, you know, it's like a spa, basically, you're at the Four Seasons. And then, you know, a lot of the finished work is top notch as well with, we have Waterworks, who's putting in all the uh, the plumbing fixtures in the home, Sub-Zero Wolf, everything you'd expect of the caliber of that home. I actually, I don't know everything that you would expect of the caliber <laughs> no, of that No, but home. that's the kind of stuff that we want to talk about, because well, we, do we don't do too much in the luxury as far as conversation. So now that we got you on is we want to talk about some of those finishes that like, because not everybody sells million dollar stuff. And the question, it's hard to get into this. Sorry, go ahead, Phil. Yeah, no, not everybody builds $18 million worth of built worth of structures in today's market that are $6 million homes and above, I'm sure, right? So that's where we're excited right. about. There's two sections that we really want to get to on this podcast. The first section is kind of what what trends we're seeing, what uh, what how's the luxury space evolving from when you got into the business in 2005 to today? Like meaning like, well, we used to build this and now nobody wants this. And now we're hearing this, like those kinds of things, not just finishes, but build, build yeah, different, design, right? design specs as yeah. well. But then in the second section, we want to get into like what, how realtors, what advice you have for realtors when they want to work for, with builders, right. right? When you've got a client that wants to do a project, what's the best way that that agent can still get paid, even though you're the one that's going to be building the house for their client. 
So where do you let, want to start? Let's we're starting at the first section. So <laughs> well, let's I think go we're with talking about this house. This so house is like, it is it still like a waterfall quartz island, or are they going better than are they going quartz ite? I, I mean, want to hear like, like yeah. Jetson shit or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe you know the, the the finishes that are being chosen are actually pretty unique. Um, you know, there's there's quartz throughout the home, but there's also in the kitchen. I believe we're doing uh high-end uh, uh, upgraded porcelain. So it'll be really thin set porcelain um, that's extremely expensive to set, uh, but it really gives that sheen of like marble and a really high-end finish. When you go to the high-end, a lot of it is about bringing in the elements that are, you know, earth elements, whether it be steel, whether it be certain lighting, whether it be uh, certain materials, flooring, um, you know, the stone uses, all those become really intricately detailed, if that makes sense. So, but a lot of, we're, we're using uh, imported uh, porcelain for the countertops in the kitchen. Wow. Awesome. And so you said stone, right? Like, I feel like back, you know, 10 years ago, it was Cantera stone. It yep. was a lot of travertines. It was uh, slate, right? What are you, what are we seeing now? Uh, we're using a lot of limestone. So our mutual friend loves that kind of Grecian um, earth dynamic. And we're, we're incorporating kind of a modern slash desert modern look, basically. And we're incorporating a really cool limestone in the entryway outside in. And then we're incorporating different stones, uh, you know, throughout the fireplaces and things like that little pops, you know, when you're in the high end, you want to really focus on the architecture and the lighting, you know, when you really get into the ultra high end, it's about lighting and landscaping that makes a big difference. And so when you really focus on, you know, the way the sun sets, when you focus on the view, when you focus on the materials, when you focus on the different vignettes, like take restoration hardware, right? They've come out of nowhere in the last eight years and become probably the most well-known furniture company, you know, in the world. Sure. Why is that? Because they have mastered vignettes. Whenever you walk into their stores, they have all these little rooms with expert lighting and different like, oh, I want everything in that room. Put that in my master bedroom. That's what high-end buyers want. What's a vignette? A vignette is a small room with everything already there, right? The bedding, the linens, the, the art, uh, the lighting, the fixtures, all like an that amalgamation. Is perfect, right? Like that, 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 that everything set so that perfect. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I, I would. When you were describing all of that, I think, well, yeah, IKEA does have that. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do a good job. No, but I think do. what he's pointing out is because when you're at the lower end, you don't have the flexibility with the lighting. You don't right. have the extra oh. tech in the house that works off of your your what do you have the amazon whatever which one the version the oh, alexa alexa yeah. right like so you want to integrate it with google or alexa or whatever it is yeah. but then also that it changes lighting during the day understanding that so that because with the luxury person if they can afford it they want each moment to be special, right? That's like, right. so that there's not more work for them, that it's just like one button and it goes to what they saw on the stores. I think where you were talking about, is yeah. that correct? Yeah, it's curated moments. So ultra luxury, what they really want is to walk into a home, push a button and everything is to their tastes and specifications, right? Fireplace goes on, the doors open to this majestic view. The lighting dims, the music goes on, there's a scent in the house, like everything is done to the tens. 
And people pay big, big premiums for that experience. Absolutely. It's an emotional yeah. experience. I, I mean, let me think about it. Larry Ellison bought an island, right? Like they want what they want. As long as they can afford it, then they just, they, it, because it's so limited time, right? Because you're out doing, you're traveling the world and all that stuff. When I'm there, I just want it to be perfect. Right. Yeah. And they want, and that's their sanctuary. So at the, the ultra high end, you know, obviously when you look at macroeconomic events and what's happened with interest rates and everything, a lot of people are still paying cash and there's still demand because when you have, you know, stocks that are in flux, many people are like, I'd rather take a chunk out of the market and put it in my sanctuary and have something I really like, you know what I mean? So it's an interesting. It's yeah. I mean, we deal. saw such an explosion. I mean, just speaking to the numbers, I was talking to someone just before this phone call that it was the luxury was six times more than it was in the luxury boom we saw on four five and six yeah. for total amount, because I think of how much money was pumped into the system. Those corporate people killed it. Yeah. Like when you look yeah. at the, the checks that they're making, the high end did really, really well in this last boom. And you're seeing it in your space. Are we not, Michael? Oh, 100%. And I think more so, and you guys have probably seen it in your space because you guys do a ton of volume. I mean, your production numbers are unbelievable. My hat goes off to you. And in the luxury end, now we have like a national presence, right? We're in the Wall Street Journal. We're in the New York Times. We're in all these. You're talking places. about EXP. I'm not talking about EXP. You're I'm talking, talking about Benedict? <laughs> RMB Luxury? Outstanding. <laughs> no, Scottsdale. About Scottsdale talking about Scottsdale. Paradise Valley. And okay, Paris I was missing general. it. Right. Yeah. You know, because it, before we weren't necessarily on the map. Now we're really on the map and you can tell it in our population growth. I mean, 200 people plus a day moving here. I mean, that's a lot of people. We got to house them. Yeah, no, I, I joke about the uh, how much money they pumped in the system. My joke is when when Lamborghini decides to make a soccer mom SUV, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of money in the system. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, yeah, and we're seeing lots of them. Right? I, like, I got two in our parking lot here. Right? Like, yeah. The, big, the biggest problem, what happens, especially in events like this, is that the middle class gets squeezed and the richer get richer because they have their money and assets, hard assets that, you know, go up because of inflation. And the poorer, you know, aren't making their, their income is not escalating to that 8.6% of inflation that we're experiencing. And probably it's more. So that's why it's interesting when you talk about the luxury space and Lamborghini and all these really high-end houses, there's still a demand for it. But the problem yeah. becomes is where are people at the top putting their money, putting their resources and why, you know what I mean? It's an interesting talk. So um, back, getting back to kind of the house, right? I yeah. remember Jeff, the last house that we were in together that had a basketball court inside, I think is where I first saw like the leather wrapped granite. Is that, that's one of the... <laughs> Is that, do you still see that anymore? Or is that oh, like yeah. totally no, outdated? I, I love leather wrapped granite. That's a good look. <laughs> right? I like put it, it was, in my house. I like it. I well. thought, <laughs> I think it's a good look. And now, you know, but what I think commonly happens is luxury sets the trend. And then everybody that has a house that is a little bit less than luxury wants it to look as luxury as possible. And so right. once they do that effectively, it's kind of like Hyundai, Hyundai when they copied the Phantom. Right. right. Like once Hyundai copied the Phantom, the Phantom had to change because now they look like a Hyundai. And right. so what are we like now that I have shaker cabinets, white shaker cabinets in every house across America that's on HGTV. What are we starting to see the luxury houses go to? Are you seeing that go away, right? Where people, everybody wants all white everything or not? 
I love white. You know, white is, you know, it, it goes back to classic and timeless versus in trend. You know, and I, I really believe a white house with white cabinets and open concept will be in demand now and 50 years from now because it could go with anything, right? But to answer your question, right, the ultra high end have more sophisticated areas, right? Every little area is curated, meaning the faucet that I have in my laundry room needs to match with the tile that's underneath the laundry and the mat and all these different things where someone buying a three or $400,000 house is like, throw some throw some wood-like tile it's in there. It's new, it's it good, down. yeah, right? Yeah, 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 it's good, I don't need to change that. But, it, but what happens is, is, is like, like what, what's the difference between you know, a Ferrari or a Hyundai, right? I mean, there's a lot different with it, but a lot of it is the emotional response that someone gets in, right? The smell of the leather, the finish work, the speed, the engine, a high-end home is really no different. You know, someone walks in and they're in awe of the attention to detail. Like for instance, this house, has a $8,800 kitchen fixture that just pours the water into the pots. Now, someone buying a half a million dollar house isn't going to spend $8,800 for a kitchen faucet, right? But because it's a work of art, because it ties into the architecture of the home, it's a focal piece of the kitchen that people are like, whoa, I've never seen that before. That's cool. I want it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's also because it saves the back, right? Because they're willing to pay for that because they don't want their wife to, but those are things that you don't see. And no, but you just don't see it in lower price houses because it's too expensive for yeah, acceptability, right? Like it just, they make decisions based on moments. Like you said, yeah. curated moments. Curated moments. And the other thing that's important to realize too, is when you walk into a home, not everything is tippity top dollar. I mean, being in the building business, you really have to take into account where costs can be, you know, uh, basically massaged to where they don't matter and put the money where people see it. You know, the finishes are extremely important. The floors, right? You guys know, you know, French oak, wide plank, wood floors, all that stuff, right? The, 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 the countertops, the appliances, the brands of the appliances the fixtures, the names on the fixtures, the lighting, all these things people are going to sense. And they don't need, they don't know what it costs, but they know when they walk into it, they're like, whoa, this is something that is, is, is exciting my emotions. I want yes, it. it's popping I, in every direction. Exactly. I, I also think that, I mean, cause you, you were born and raised here in, in the Valley, right? You came, yep. you went to school at Brophy and then at ASU. And I think I saw somewhere that you were, Mm, let's go with graduated cum laude from barrett's honor college yep that's true and then you yeah. went over to london like tell me a little bit more about your education well it's funny because from a lineage standpoint my dad was the first person in his in our family to ever go to college so school was really important to me uh my half brother was the first person to ever ever go to an ivy league college so actually he was uh at wharton when ivanka trump was at wharton they were classmates awesome. surprisingly and so i always idolized my brother and i wasn't as smart so how i snuck into some of these top schools is i would do summer programs i would do their extension school i would do any way just to be present in the room and i think listeners listening in for agents especially Get yourself physically in the room with people doing business, right? And, and, I, and Jeff, you've done a great job of that because you guys are successful because you're around successful people. 
And I think more than anything, it's the proximity principle. You have to be around people that are doing things. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I say it very similar to that. And it's like, you you know, your top five, it needs to matter, right? Like, I mean, like the reality is, is you spend a lot, who are you spending a lot of time with determines how you change over time, right? Like they, they set you, it, it changes who your goal, you know, what your goals are. It changes everything about you. What's interesting in the same line is that you actually require when you bring on team members that they, what? Well, I, I, I make it a requirement down the line because obviously people are different parts of their lives, but I really want people to be landlords and uh, invest in real estate. I believe we need to practice what we preach and being a good realtor and being someone that is really a fiduciary for our clients, we have to understand all aspects of the business, right? And there's and there's really, I mean, you look at history all the way back to Rockefeller. There is no greater wealth creation, you know, aspect than real estate and owning real estate, right? And I think it's important for our for our realtors to understand that. It, it's funny because we're on we're definitely on the same exact mindset because I was talking about it in class today, and it's actually that I I laugh because most people want to own real estate for. Uh, two years or, or a month or, or six months or whatever, but just understanding the investment that the, you know, if you're getting a loan, because it's their first house, they're probably not buying it cash, right? They're getting a loan and all the cost is front loaded. So if you're only ever buying a house and starting every five months, instead of keeping that house for a long time, you're not even getting to the most profitable part of owning a house. And that's the back half of the loan. Like, it's funny that, that like the mindset on owning is wrong. I mean, just, yeah contributing to amortization schedules are wrong no it's no 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 the lender needs to get paid i'm not after the lender i'm just saying that if you're going to own it because what we were talking about in agreement with michael was how important it is to own stuff that gives you a check whether it goes up or down did you not talk about that 100 percent. i mean that changed the whole trajectory of my life I always say it's very difficult to earn your way to becoming a millionaire. It's a lot easier to invest your way to becoming a millionaire. And then how you can do that is through yep. leverage, safe leverage. And that the only safe leverage there is, is real estate. Yeah. Preach. Yeah. I mean, yes. that, that was an awesome, awesome comment. I, I completely agree with that. And it's how we built our, you know, we were at John Hall and Associates, Phil and I together in 2007, when you were, Licensed, licensed, and team, <laughs> and all these elder statesmen, whatever we want to call old school players old in the school game, school players in the game, were just kicking it in the office, yeah. and then you're kind of like, why do why I are have you working? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, we, you know, the idea was that there was a bunch of them that were just in the business of trying to acquire one house a year. Yeah. Right. And then at the end, you own 15 or 18 houses, you're getting a bunch of checks and now some of them are paying themselves off and now you're combining and now you have more opportunity, but exactly and then, to your point. And then you help your tenants move out of your house and buy a new house. Right. So you've got built-in lead generation. <laughs> when you, <laughs> and, right? you learn, and you learn more about the market. I mean, there's no greater learning process than going, I don't know if you can use profanity, but oh shit, I got to lease this place out because I got a mortgage payment. You learn really fast. And what, what, what the problem is, I think so many agents in general aren't moving fast enough. Take imperfect action and just move. Even if you're wrong, at least you're learning stackable skills that are going to get you to where you want to go faster. And that's what I've always respected from afar about you, Jeff, 
is I know you're a big lover of technology and automation. And what you and Phil and your whole team have created is unbelievable because you understand it's not just 24 hours in a day. With automation, you have thousands of hours, thousands of emails, thousands of imprints getting hit all around the United States. It's great. All right, well, I, thank you. I, but we got to get to the next Hold on, aspect. he was talking about I, us. Let's uh, continue. Uh, we appreciate the praise. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate that. But I just want to make sure that I love I, the I, comment. I guess, I mean, you're setting it up so there's going to be lots of questions on Monday or Tuesday. I right? love the comment, take imperfect action. Okay. Take imperfect action, right? We talk about, what is, how do you say that? The rule of eight. How does he say it? Take imperfect action. I like it. It's the same, but different. Well, think about how much we all, we all have fear, right? Fear of failure, fear of not being enough. The only way you mitigate fear is through action. And whether it's right or wrong, at least you're moving in the direction that you think is right. And as you, and as you get more wins, which you will over time, that confidence will carry you through the tough times. And so many agents don't understand that because it's going to get tough, especially as these interest rates rise. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's getting tough. I mean, yep. there, there. I actually think we've already plateaued to the lowest level of demand just because of the interest rates escalating at what it is. But the exciting thing is, is demand is still greater yep. at this point than it was in 2014, 15, 16, and 17. We I was pulling the stats out of Crawford and we are selling, we're on pace to sell more houses than those years. I mean, there's people telling me uh, if you want to read the internet garbage that's out there about every speculation in the world, but the, re the reality is, is eh, we're still selling 256 houses a day, right? Like in 2005, it was 150 houses. So we're, I mean, it's still a, you know, it just, it, it's more competition to get to those sales and that you just have to buck up and work harder and focus more and from lots building, of imperfect action to get there. Amen. <laughs> from a building standpoint, though, the other problem that no one seems to realize is we just don't have enough product. And, and as builders and being a builder, what happens is as interest rates rise, builders stop building in the volume that they're building. And what happens is that really truncates the actual new builds going on, especially in the luxury or even in the intro. I mean, look at look at uh, uh, Pulte or look at uh, Kay Hoven. Lenard announced today that they were cutting production, yeah. which is the worst thing that can happen because yeah. we don't have enough houses. Yeah. And what is that going to do to prices? Well, obviously you have two things fighting against one another, but they're going to go up. I don't care right. what anyone says because if you don't, if you need a house, you're going to pay one way or another, either in rent yeah. or purchasing it. I mean, you went to Brophy, so I'm going to go Jesus Christ on you, right? <laughs> like when Jesus Christ showed up in Nazareth inside Mary's belly, there was no room in the inn. Well, if there's no room in the inn, like where is prices going to go? Like there's just more people here than houses, right? So. Yeah. He went to Brophy. I know, and and he studied in, <laughs> and he studied in London and he studied, studied at Harvard. I know, I know, I know. Um, you you mentioned technology, and when you talk about technology from a business standpoint, that's great. But I'm really more curious about the technology that you see in luxury homes these days. So remember when the high end luxury homes, the technology that they have was an intercom system. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yep. is it now? They're is it, still around. For, yeah, I do. We still have drywallers that, yeah. play, that, that make those disappear. It, but it, what it, is it now? The interesting thing now is, you know, you have smart home systems, obviously, but it's like the next generation of Control 4 or the next generation of Crestron. The, the home that we're talking about has the next generation of Crestron. 
And now in 10 years, what's it going to be? You know, spaceships delivering you drinks? I don't know. But I mean, the problem is, is with technology, you're never in front of it. You're always behind it regardless. And so with homes, that's why in the high end, I always say, do the light automation, right? Do all the basics, but that's going to change. So be able to add to it as the technology grows with it. Because if you don't, you're going to be left behind, even if it's forward advancing now. I mean, look yeah. at cars that were state of the art five years ago. Now they're already dated, you know? No, agreed. And that's, you know, from, from a technology like web standpoint is you want to future proof your build, right? So you want to leave these doors that you can go in to add stuff onto it. Whereas before those old school intercom systems were super hardwired into the house, like it was impossible to just swap something out. And I feel like now maybe we're going to start to see more interchangeable parts that we've never seen before. I mean, are you starting to see like they just, well, I mean, it's funny because everybody builds their house for the front door and then everybody goes in the garage, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true. I, I mean, you know, you only answer the door when Amazon shows up, right? Like, Amazon goes into my garage too. Yeah. <laughs> or like when you're but but are they like when they get out of the car, they did no keyless, like the doors unlock when they get close? Like, is it getting to that or? Oh yeah, there, there, there's all that. You know, it, here's the thing, like anything, right? It breaks. The more things you have automated, they don't work when you want them to work. And again, I, I think the biggest thing that we do in every home as we build, regardless of expense, is we pre-wire every home with everything that we can foresee the next 10 years has. So though it's wiring is there, it's covered up by drywall. So as things change, as Cat5 changes, all these different things change, at least you'll have the brain and the home that is willing to add on to that change. Right, because that because stuff now, doesn't change as much. The trend no. changes, but not the underlying technology. Correct. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's correct. And it, and it just keeps going. So, you know, in, in the high end, surprisingly enough, they really don't go that far into it like most people think, right? They'll do the lighting. They'll do some cool little tricks like the fireplace goes on or maybe the, the main door opens or whatever. But that's kind of where they they end it, because the more the more you add to it, the more problems that persist five, 10 years down the line. That's the problem. Yeah. So I, I just want to remind our listeners that the way that this season of our podcast works is that we release this show on Wednesday and then the following Monday, we have a live Q&A with our guests. So on the calendar, I'm looking at June 27th is Monday, right? At one o'clock Pacific time, you're coming back to answer all of our listeners' questions about luxury. Flying right? up from San Francisco just to be with you guys. <laughs> yes, awesome. And so I want to get into our second section, and that's really how realtors can work with you and still get paid. But I just want to remind everybody that in the show notes or in the podcast notes, there's a link so that you can register so that you can attend the podcast and, or uh, the live Q&A and ask Michael your questions right. directly. Yeah, let me follow my sword first. So I worked with a builder one time. I was an agent about third year in my business, and I had a client that wanted to build a new build, and the builder kind of swindled me and I didn't get paid right? Because all of a sudden they were talking and then like, so how do agents get paid bringing you a buyer, right? Like, obviously that's going to be, might be a question, but yeah, comment, please. Yeah. So usually how it works is if, if there's a signed contract and usually we take, depending on the size of the home and the price of the home, we'll take anywhere from 10 to 15% of the build cost upfront in deposit. Now, in that upfront cost, depending on what's negotiated with the agent and the price of the home, usually 
if not always, the agent gets paid out of the initial deposit, if that makes sense. Wow. Okay. So that, that, that you want to get paid quickly. And the reason you want to do that is because we want to establish strong relationships, you know, with our, you know, with our Realtors. agents. Yes. Uh, but, but more importantly, it, it, you, you, as an agent too, we want to make sure that, you know, it, we, we, it's a marriage. And I think a lot of people, I want to bring this up because it's important. Building a home is a marriage between realtors, clients, and the builder. And just like any marriage, there's going to be tough spots and, you know, highlights and all these exciting things, but it really is a tough process, right? And so when I say most of the time, depending on the size of the build and how much, right, the home actually builds for, like, is it a $2 million build? Is it a $3 million build? Is the structure a $5 million structure? All these play into account, right? But the idea behind it is, yes, when and if your client signs a contract and delivers a deposit and payment, you will get paid. And so the realtors contact you ahead of time to yes. negotiate what they think is the, the situation ahead of time? Uh, well, the re yeah. So the realtors are actually in the process with us. They should be. I mean, as far as the build and all that stuff. Yeah. And so what we can do if they choose to is, let's say, you know, you guys bring us a client and, and they end up wanting to build a two and a half million dollar structure right now in a two and a half million dollar structure, they probably have to put up 300,000 or something non-refundable. Does that make sense? Yeah. And in doing that, you will get a percentage that we agree on based on the, the, the price structure of the home as quickly as possible. Sure. Got it. So that works. I mean, yeah. typically like new, like with, if you go to a Pulte or a Lennar or something where it's more like the base price, right? Like there's certain things that you pay on a certain thing, just similar to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so how we do it is just cost plus, and it's real simple because we go off of the cost of the actual home. So let's say the initial bid contract is for $2 million, right? You get a commission based on that $2 million bid contract. Whether they go higher or lower is irrelevant to you because prices most likely will go up in the course of them building the house, and they're probably going to go over but that really doesn't have to do with your commission structure. Okay. Got awesome. it. Nice. I, uh, first of all, thank you for taking the time to join us oh, today. Right. right? Like, no, that I, was awesome. I, um, I think that we're going to have a vocabulary test afterwards talking about uh, earth elements, uh, desert, modern curated moments, vignettes, proximity principles, all good buzzwords that, well, that came but, out of Michael's but, mouth. Well, I mean, but it's just the beginning of looking at the luxury space. If you don't talk the talk, you ain't you're, you ain't you're, walking you're, the walk. You ain't in the ball game, right? Like you, right. you can't you can't get there. Thank you, I mean, Michael. Hey, thank you guys and anyone watching. Again, you start your own podcast, promote this, and, and disseminate it to as many people as possible. Because really, I think success. This is important for agents to understand. Is about absorbing positive content that helps you grow. And I know this from watching you guys that you guys put out a lot of good stuff. So thanks for having me on. Thank, Thank you. you. And Michael, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, I know rmbluxury.com is the That's a website, but by far my biggest following and my biggest, you know, interaction point is Instagram. So follow me at M I C H A E L B A N O V A C. And you can DM me there because I'm on there daily based on the followership. And that's the easiest way to get in front of me. 
All right. So your name without a space. Michael Banavac without a space. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Love it. Thank you, Michael. I'm looking forward to Monday. Join us, guys. Talk to you guys later. Great great talking with you, bud. Take care. Bye.